podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast. The question is, is darts really a sport? It was the worst tackle I've ever seen. Fair play to Joe Root, it was a great knock. There's nothing like a good derby match. It was easily the best 7-9 I've ever hit. Right, come on lads, let's crack on. Hello and welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast with me, Adam Millerchip. I'm joined as always by my colleague and good friend, Nigel. Hi, Nigel. How are you? I'm feeling good. Thank you very much, uh, Adam. How about yourself? Yes, not too bad. Thank you. We're joined by our co-host today, Tom. We're only joined by one Tom today, as other Tom can't be with us. He's off poorly, but hopefully next week he'll be back. And Tom is a pupil at Technal Wood Special School in Wolverhampton. Technal Wood School is a school for children and young adults with autism. And we've set up this podcast to provide our pupils with a fantastic opportunity to develop a range of skills, whilst interviewing top sportsmen and women from a variety of different sports. How are you this week, Tom? Uh, good, thanks. Yeah. Good. Joining us today on the TWS Sports Podcast is a former Premier League footballer. He's played 307 times for Wolverhampton Wanderers and has two spells at his hometown club, Shrewsbury Town. He was also part of the Welsh squad during the incredible summer of Euro 2016. Hello and welcome, Dave Edwards. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm good, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Dave, what have you been up to this week? Last night, I my little boy is under 11s in football and his season has just finished. So we had a lads v dads training session last night, but we did win 2-1 and I did get the winner. So I was happy. <laughs> I hope you didn't take it easy on them. I hope you, you played played your best. Oh, they were running rings around me. They were. I was going to say, he seems a bit unfair having a professional footballer on the one side. <laughs> well, we, we were under the cost a lot in the second half. So we went a little bit dirty tactics and went for the aerial route the second half. So <laughs> I scored off a corner, hung up at the back post. <laughs> I had loads of 10-year-olds around me who couldn't get near. It's been a strange season this year with uh, no fans. What are your thoughts on the season you've had so far with Shrewsbury Town? Yeah, it's been it's been a frustrating season for a variety of reasons. I think the main one is is obviously not having the fans there. It's I've been lucky that I've had 18 seasons prior to that where I've had fans in the stadium all the time. And it, it makes you you never take it for granted, but you realise how important it is when something like this happens because the games just haven't had that that same edge, you haven't got the same sort of nerves before the game as what you usually do. And obviously the fans themselves obviously so disappointed not to be there. So it's been a it's been a real shame. It's good that we still got the season done and, and for Shrewsbury personally that we managed to um consolidate ourselves in the league for next season. Um bit of a sad for me personally because that, that's my last season at Shrewsbury and I, I would have liked to have been able to play in front of the fans during my last season. So that that was a, a bit of a disappointment. But we had a strong finish to the season um, after a, a rocky start. So all things are looking good for next year. Yeah, I'm just thinking about you know, playing with the fans. Does that take away the home advantage? Yeah, it, it definitely does. It definitely does. It feels more like a, a reserve game or a training game. And some clubs have probably benefited from not having their fans at home. I think you've seen that throughout the leagues where the atmosphere can get a little bit edgy at times. And I think you mm-hmm. look at teams like Villa and West Ham, I think notoriously... They struggle when the fans sort of get on their backs a little bit, but I think the majority of teams need their fans there. Going back to your, your early days, uh, Dave, who were your sporting heroes when you were a child just growing I think growing up, uh, my first memories of football really were Italian 90, the World Cup. So I was born in 86, was always into football because I had an older brother. And I always remember we had a VHS, a video of Italian 90 and I must have watched that video 
hundreds and hundreds of times. Obviously, TV and matches weren't as accessible as what they are now with YouTube and on demand, that sort of stuff. So I used to watch this um, all the time and it was kind of following England's journey. And there was two players which stood out for me in that tournament. It was David Platt and Paul Gascoigne. And I think from that moment on, I, I looked at Paul Gascoigne as player, his footballing ability. He was someone I, I really looked up to. And then and then as I got older, which is, is strange the way kind of life turned out and, and where I was my footballing journey. But I was a bit of a Newcastle fan growing up and I love Gary Speed. Just the way he played, the he was sort of a box-to-box midfielder, what I wanted to be. And I really looked up to him and then it was crazy that I actually got to play against him eventually. And then obviously went on to be my manager as well. So he was someone who I always idolised. And they say never meet your idols, but he was one person where when you met him, he lived up to every every second of it. What are your memories of your first signing for Shrewsbury Town? Yeah, it was. I, I was sort of as a youngster. I, I was in the sort of the centre of excellence at the time, uh, about eleven or twelve years old. But I, I didn't really enjoy it, so I went back to play grassroots football with my friends at a, a team called Worthing Juniors, and I stayed there right till I was sort of leaving school. Um, and it wasn't till I think just before my GCSEs that Shrewsbury approached me to go back there. At that point, I still wanted to be a footballer and the opportunity came. So I was I was delighted at signing at, say, 16 years old and then going into the youth set up there and having that pathway to the first team almost instantly. It was it was great. And I'd always followed Shrewsbury as, as a kid, always gone to the, the home games, the away games. So I was a big fan as well. So to play for your hometown team who you support, it was it was a really proud moment for me. Uh, and of course, as you was uh, playing at Shrewsbury, you met uh, you'd have been playing with Joe Hart. Yeah, I played with Joe through sort of the the younger age groups and to, up against him. He was even though he was a year below me in school, he always played a year up in pretty much everything. So, whether it's cricket games, Mary Webb against Neil Brace, um, our two schools, or if it was football matches, and then even local football, we always seemed to be coming up against each other. And then obviously when I joined at 16, Joe was already in the setup and playing a year above. So we was almost on the same team straight away. Um, we became really good friends. And then it was kind of us two and a few other lads out of the our sort of age groups who kind of pushed on into the first team. So we became very, very close um, and still a really, really good friend today. In the 2006 and 7 season, you were involved in a transfer situation and you were left out of the playoff final. Do you regret how you left Shrewsbury? Kind of a bit of both. I obviously regret the way it all happened, but looking back, it's a decision I, I probably I wouldn't change if I was if I was going to do it again. I think it was the the right time to to leave Shrewsbury at the age I was at. It's twenty one, been amazing for me, and as a, as a club I support, it was difficult, but I was almost looking at the bigger picture of selfishly what I wanted to achieve, um, which I think you have to do in football as much as. You want to stay loyal to the club you support. It's not always there in football, from the club back to the player or the player back to the club. So it's important that I, I carried on my football journey. I had ambitions with Wales, because playing for the Wales under the 21s then. I had ambitions to get into the first team. I knew I had to move on to to do that. But yeah, it was it was really sad the way it happened. And to this day, it was, it was never a case of, sort of the situation for anyone listening who doesn't quite know that um, I played every game that season and we got we got to the playoff final. I'd missed the playoff semi-final with an injury, but I was fit and available for the final. And uh, my contract had run out and I turned down a few contract offers from Shrewsbury. 
I never said I didn't want to sign. I just wanted to wait to see what sort of league shoes were in next year and then weigh up my options. But the manager at the time kind of gave me the ultimatum before the final. If you if you don't sign your contract, then you you won't be involved in in the squad. You won't play. Um, but if you do sign, you'll you'll start the game. So I had to. He gave me sort of twenty four hours to decide, and it was a sleepless night. And but after speaking to the, all the people close to me, matter my mum and dad, my my agent, but probably more importantly, my my mentor in football at that at that point, um, a guy called Nigel Vaughan, who's a fellow Welshman midfielder, he used to play for Wolves and Newport. He was our, he'd be my youth team manager at Shrewsbury and someone I trusted implicitly. And everyone kind of said, you, you can't sign the contract. You can't sort of have a, a gun held to your head like that. You got your first Wales call-up in 2007. What was it like to make your, your debut for the country? It was amazing. So I got my first call up actually when I was at Shrewsbury, but I was I didn't play. I wasn't actually in the match day squad, but I went on a camp with them. And then it's when I was at Luton Town, the club I signed for after Shrewsbury. It was amazing. I kind of been in and around the first team for a year or so with the under twenty ones. We were very close. We used to train at the same place, so there'd be times where the under twenty ones would be called up to train with the first team. So. I've been in and around it, but I, think you, I never really truly believed that I was going to get that opportunity to play, although I was captain of the under-21s and the manager, Brian Flintzano, said that, yeah, you'll you'll be sort of on the next ones to get your chance. Still didn't probably believe it. And then the day came, I was on the bench against Republic of Ireland at the Millennium Stadium. Carl Robinson, who's now manager out in Australia, I think, he's sort of a, a mid-Wales boy, he, he got injured after about 25 minutes and I was probably still looking around the bench thinking there's players that are going to come on before me, but John Toshak said, get yourself ready, you're coming on. What was it like to win promotion to the Premier League? Yeah, it was incredible. That was sort of one of the massive highlights of my career. We had a young team who really had no Premier League experience apart from Jody Craddock. And, but we had a group of lads who are all sort of between 22, 23, 24 sort of age, all come through lower league football and all desperate to get to the Premier League. And I probably think at the start of that season, the championship winning season, we, we probably didn't believe that we were going to do as well as what we did. But once we got momentum at the start of the season, we started terrifically. We had a, an unbelievable team spirit and loads of talent in the squad. And then it, momentum just took us all the way through then. So for me personally, I'd gone from 18 months earlier, that contract situation at Shrewsbury, to then 18 months later, I'm sort of a, a full international and now a Premier League player. So it was a real whirlwind for me. But I loved it. Everything about the Premier League is, is incredible. So from turning up to full stadiums every week, the media coverage, match of the day, all the analysis which goes on, it was incredible. Um, I was so grateful I got the opportunity, but the the promotion to it was was extra special. How did your move to Wolves come about, Dave? I joined Luton um, from Shrewsbury when I was 21. Loved my time at Luton, but unfortunately for the football club, they went into administration only sort of three or four months after I joined. So as we got to Christmas time, the club was in a little bit of a mess and they needed to sell anyone who was worth any sort of money or any assets they had they needed to get rid of the administrators needed to try and balance the books as best they could basically the, the manager at the time Kevin Blackwell told told us that anybody who, who thinks they can leave that sort it out with your agents and things like that then you're more than welcome to as long as the fee's right and I was lucky that I was in sort of playing reasonably well at that time I was in good form and then we had a, an FA Cup third round game against Liverpool at Kenilworth Road early in the January, so as the transfer window opened and and I had a, had a good game. We managed to get a draw and get a replay at Anfield, but I had a good game at Kenilworth Road. 
and from there I had um, sort of four or five teams who, who kind of approached me to, to go to them but Wolves were the standout one for me being reasonably local to me my brother was a massive Wolves fan and I just knew the size of the club I'd watched what happened in in 2003 with the playoff final win and, and how big it was I remember watching that with my brother yeah as soon as I knew they was interested that was the only only club I wanted to go to and once I Playing in the Premier League, Dave, you played against some of the biggest teams. You played against Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea. Are there any games that really stand out for you? you know? There's a few, a few probably for not good reasons. I remember a, a long afternoon at Stamford Bridge when we got beat 4 1 down there. That was in our first season, and it was quite reasonably early on in the season. And to that point, we'd been doing okay, I think. And I kind of thought, well, I'm, I'm okay at this level. I can cope with it. And I was playing regularly. And then we went to Stamford Bridge and they were just incredible. The difference in quality was outrageous and the physicality they had, the technical ability. So that was a tough game, which sticks in my mind. But from a more positive point of view, the main standout one for, for me was the game against Man City and Wolves' second season at that point in the, in the Premier League. And we beat them 2-1 at Molyneux. Uh, we, we were on a bit of a poor run at the time. But for many reasons, that was a special game. Obviously, getting the win. But then also, Joe Hart was in, in goal for Man City at the time. So I managed to get the winner, sort of, in <laughs> the second half. And I still, I'm still adamant he dived the wrong way on purpose for me. I think he wanted me to have that moment. But that, yeah, that was amazing. It was such a huge game. Molyneux was packed. The noise was incredible. But then to score against Joe as well was was extra special because I'd never managed to do that in all our childhood games. He'd always kept clean sheets against us and the only time I'd actually managed to score past him was in a penalty shootout before that. So it was nice to get one goal in in actual the 90 minutes in past him. So that was probably my, my standout game. You spoke about your promotion at Wolves, but obviously, Sally, there was there was a few relegations as well. How How is it being relegated and and did you were you always confident of bouncing back? It's a bit, it's a bit of everything. It's ability, Physicality. I think as you go higher up the league, you you have to have that physical ability to 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 run <laughs> ridiculous amounts in a game, like cover distance, um, be dynamic enough to get around the pitch. You can't get away with that if you haven't got that in your game. You can't get away with it in the Premier League, whereas you can get away with it if you're a good footballer. You can get away with it in League One. But the higher you go up, you need to have the ability and the physicality. And it's the same in the Championship. Championship's a very physical league. Not quite the quality of the Premier League, but you do have to be good. That, that's the noticeable difference. But I was I think as we got relegated the first time to the Championship, I think pre-season, I think we was all thinking, yeah, we've got a chance of going back up. And then as the season started and managers, different managers coming in and we were just spiralling down the league. Us, we were more worried about our safety. And then in the end, obviously, we had that relegation. And then... It was probably a good thing for the football club at the time because it needed a massive rebuild from top to bottom and, and that relegation forced the football club to do that um, in terms of curbing the spending on, on wages and things like that and going for a more youthful approach, bringing in players out of the academy. And it worked really well. It was the start of obviously where, they, where they've got to today. So it was probably only the second half of the League One season where you actually saw a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. We were playing well. We were starting to win games comfortably. And then that's probably the moment where we kind of saw that, oh, actually, we can get back up. And then if we do get back up, we're in a position where we can start challenging for promotion back to the Premier League as well. Yeah, they did They did very well to come back up because you look at the likes of, of Leeds, Portsmouth, 
who who suffered yeah, relegations yeah. over the last sort of ten years, and I know Leeds are back in the Premier League now, but they've spent quite a long time kind of in League One in the Championship, and it can be quite difficult to get back up to the Premier League. Yeah, it can be, and even if it's teams now, like who we've got in League One, we played last year the likes of Sunderland and Ipswich. Charlton, who were Premier League not too long ago, yeah, some big, big teams in that league, and it's not, it's not a given that you're going to get straight back out just because you get twenty five thousand every week in the stadium. It, it's just not. If anything, it adds more pressure. But what we had at Wolves was we had a lot of lads who were young and hungry, um, but then also we had that that quality which you don't usually get in League One. So, Dave, we're just going to move on to um, your best eleven that you've played with. So, you've played with a lot of top players, a lot of club and country level. So we just wanted to go through your best 11 and, and have a little chat about some of the players maybe um, yeah. and what made them special and, and what made them so good. So should we go start with, with the goalkeeper? Yeah, I'm going to go for a 4-3-3 formation. Goalkeeper is is Joe Hart. Lucky enough to say no Joe from a very young age and, and see how good he was as a kid. And then to fulfil that potential, it's been a bit of a rough ride from the last couple of years, but... There's no doubt he's been a little bit unfairly treated, in my opinion, in recent years. He's still a top, top goalkeeper. But with, with goalkeepers, you need to be playing. And if you're not playing all the time, it's, it's difficult to get into, into your rhythm and build your confidence. But for a spell there in sort of probably between 2012, 13, up till 2016, 17, Joe was one of the best goalkeepers in the world. He won the Golden Glove quite a few times for Man City. He won the Premier League, 70 caps for England. But by the time he was 27, 28, which was incredible. Such a shame. It kind of, I'm sure he'd have gone on to beat the beat the record if if things would have worked out a little bit different at Man City. But yeah, a terrific goalkeeper, great shot stopper, and yeah, I think one of England's best ever goalies. What was it like playing against them at the Euros? Yeah, that was that was really special. I think two lads from from Shropshire, from Shrewsbury, who had played school games against each other, sort of Mary Webb School versus Neil Brace. We used to have some ding-dong battles with each other, sort of the two better schools in the um, in the area. And then to come through at Shrewsbury, which as much as I love Shrewsbury, it is a, it is a relatively small club in in the, the grand scheme of thing of football. So for two lads, local lads to come through at a club like Shrewsbury and then to be playing against each other at a major tournament, I think everyone in Shrewsbury was so proud of, of seeing that. I know the football club were extremely proud. The chairman, Gary Peters, who brought us, who sort of played us the, both of us the most in, in his time. Nigel Vaughan, the youth team manager, who both gave us our opportunities. I said, yeah, I think it was a real special moment for the football club. Two of their own, two local lads playing against each other on, on the biggest stage. Um, and it was sort of pinch yourself moments for, for me personally as well. Shame we didn't get the result on that day, but we did top the group. So we did win in the end. Left back, I've gone for Ben Davis. Sort of Welsh teammate, uh, another lad who I've seen from a very young age at Swansea um, come through and just got better and better and better. And I think he's so underrated. He's he's so good on the ball, really reliable. Um, and he had that magic moment in 2016 where he stopped Hamzik scoring that opening game after Hamzik had chopped me up. So <laughs> I, I was very grateful for him. But he's a really, really good guy and a terrific player. And he's had a, he's had a wonderful career so far. This is probably the one where I had a few people I could have put in, but the one you'll you'll definitely know is is Ashley Williams again for what he did for Wales and especially in the Euros, an out and out defender, sort of puts his body on the line, great leader. Yeah, I think he, he had to go in there. I'm sure most 
those Welsh players would have Ash in their in their team because of yeah. what he did and how he progressed and obviously coming through from non-league as well. So it's a really great story. Um, alongside him, I've gone for someone called Chris Perry, um, who I was with at Luton. So Pez, as we called him, used to play for Tottenham, played a lot of games for Tottenham when he was younger. And even though I was young when I got to Luton, he was coming to the end of his career. But you could just see the quality he had. He wasn't a tall centre-half, he was only small, but read the game so well, so good on the ball. And he was a he was a really good older pro. And when I say good older, I mean he was always looking to help players, always looking to encourage players. You don't always get that with, with the older pros. They can go the other way sometimes. So it was great playing with, with Chris Perry. Right back. I was close to going for Chris Gunner because of obviously the, what he's done for Wales and obviously playing with him at Reading, but he's just been picked by Matt, Matt Doherty. Again, Doc, I've seen come from Bohemians in Ireland and watch him progress to what he was doing with, with Wolves last season and the season before that. I genuinely think he was one of the best fullbacks in the in the Premier League. So he's in there for, I think, his attacking quality, pop up in positions that a fullback should never pop up in. I would be playing with him and he was playing left back or right back and he'd be ahead of me in the box. And I'm thinking, what are you doing there? And I'll be looking to try and cover him. But yeah, he's, he's a great player and he's done ever so well. So three-man midfield, sort of the two holding players. I've got Ruben Neves. Uh, I was only with with Ruben for sort of three, two or three months, really, at Wolves. But you could see the quality was was there right from the start, and he's going to be uh, an absolute world beater. I still believe that he's had a bit of a tougher season this year, but he'll bounce back from it. His, his footballing ability is is incredible, especially for his age, the maturity he shows on a football field. And I just remember seeing him in training those first few weeks he was at Wolves. It was just like, wow, how good is this kid? I think he was only 18, 19, or no, maybe 20, 20 at the time, I'm not sure. But yeah, he was he was incredible. He'd already been captain of Porto at that time as well. So um, special, special player. And hopefully Wolves can keep him and he can go on and progress things in Wolves. But yeah, Ruben had to be in there. Joe Allen alongside him. Again, another hugely underrated player. I don't know how Joe hasn't spent all of his career in the Premier League. Um, yeah, it, the, the Liverpool move was obviously a good one for him. But at the same time, I think if he'd have maybe gone to a different club, he would have consolidated himself as a Premier League player for a longer period. Difficult club to go and play for and make an impact at Liverpool. But what he did in a Welsh shirt and playing alongside him in midfield from many occasions, he's just brings so much to the team. His, his calmness on the ball, his bravery to go and get ball the ball in positions which nobody really likes to go because there's a big chance of you losing the ball. And he's brave and does that. And then his, his passing range. And then I think he's got that that tenacity as well, where he's, he's desperate to win games of football. He's got a little bit of a flip in him as well. He can lose his temper, which isn't a bad thing on a football field, but... Yeah, he's he's very aggressive and someone you'd always want to have in your team. Yeah, then sort of in front of them, it would be Aaron Ramsey, another Welsh teammate. Lucky enough to get to see Aaron at 16, 17, coming through at Cardiff. And he was in the Wales team nice and early. So I've seen a lot of him right the way through for all of my Welsh journey as well. He's he's an unbelievable talent and it's just a shame that he's he's not had a period a sustained period of time where he's managed to stay fit I think he's probably only had that for a season or so at Arsenal um, if he would if he could stay fit he would be one of the best players in the world he's, he's got that much ability 
yeah, he's he's more of a street footballer, I'd say. He's not someone who you'd find in, a, in an academy who's being coached and coached and coached. He's completely different to that, the way he moves his body, the way he receives the ball. Again, the, the bravery aspect of it, going and getting on the ball. If he gives it away, he doesn't care. He's straight back and gets it again. And he's a big game player as well. When Wales have needed someone to turn up, he's, he's always been there. And he did that in the Euros. He did that against Hungary in the qualifiers for, for this Euros as well. So... I'm just hoping that he can he can be fully fit for for this summer of football coming up because he'll be huge for Wales. On the the left, well, he could play left or right. I'm going to go Helder Costa from Wolves. He's another one who some people might be surprised with, but I can honestly say that see my last season at Wolves when Helder was playing, he was the best player I played with in a Wolves shirt. He was incredible, um, and I owe him so much because I scored 10 goals that season and about eight of them were tappings off his crosses. So he would do all the hard work and put it on a plate for me. He was um, he was unplayable that season. And I'm so surprised he didn't kick on with Wolves and, and go on and be one of their best players in the Premier League. But he obviously got his move to leave. He is, is in the Premier League now, but I was expecting him to really go to, to the very top because I thought that highly of him. Terrific pace, good crosser of the ball. Yeah, someone, probably one of my most favourite players I've ever played with. Then on the other wing, I was going to go for Gareth Bale. Probably don't need much explanation why he's in the team, but yeah, he's, he's the best player I've ever played alongside, especially in the Euros, that sort of era. Again, I've been lucky enough to play him all since he was 16, 17, but in the Euros, I think he was his absolute pinnacle. At that point, I was looking at thinking, how is there anyone better than you in the world? I really was. Seeing him in training every day, and you're thinking if Messi and Ronaldo are better than you, they must be unreal. <laughs> I don't think it's possible because the things he could do at football, and not only that, his, his physical attributes, his pace, his power, his technical ability, his ability to always hit the target. At any point he got the ball in that tournament, we think he could score from anywhere on the pitch. He could pick the ball up in defence and you think he's got a chance of scoring from here because he was just absolutely unplayable. Um, so that's one of the most grateful things that I've done is been able to play with a player of, of his ability. And what was great about him is you, you never felt like he was superior to you in terms of the way he acted around you. Such a, a nice, nice lad. Even though the lads who were playing in League One in the Championship, he would be exactly the same around them. And you never felt like, I've got this superstar here and then we've got other players around him. It was a very, that's what I think made that Wales team so special. There was no inferiority anywhere. So it was a good, it was, it all came from him. He was the best player for Wales, probably the best player Wales has ever had, but he made everyone else think, feel like they were equals alongside him. The other one is my strikers, Craig Bellamy, another Welsh teammate. Bellas was a, an, unbelie- an unbelievable player. Hard to play with at times because he demanded the absolute best at all times, which is a good thing. But he would let you know if you were doing what he thought you should be able to do. But at the same time, I'm, I've never really seen anyone with the professionalism of, of Craig Bellamy. And he, he was the first person I saw as I was sort of coming through and got in the Welsh setup. That's the first one I thought, well, that's why he's at the top because of what he does and what he does every day in training and in the gym before training every single day working on his, his knee strength and stuff like that. Because a lot of he had knee problems. He was there every single day doing it in the warm-ups. He was flat out. When you're doing the speed drills in the warm-up, even nowadays you get lads as you sort of do the sort of the the speed and agility you go through the ladders and then you've got a kind of stride out lads at the end of the warm-up will do it but it'll be a little bit sort of 80 percent worth and Bellas used to stop it and say if you're doing this you do it 100 percent. if you don't do it you're not going to get faster you're here to get faster 
and he would start shouting at the lads, making sure that they did absolutely everything at the absolute max intensity. And that's why he was he was so good because he did it. He trained as as he played. Yeah, and he was a, obviously a great footballer, hence the career he had. So that's a, a pretty good team, Dave. That's um, that's a solid team. I'm going to put you a bit on the spot a little bit now. You're manager of this team. You get to pick one person that you've played with to be your assistant manager. Who would you pick and why? That's a good question. Right, let me have a little bit of a... I think it's in the coaching side as well. I think I would go with Chris Gunter, just for absolute football experience. Yeah, know, knowing the game inside out. And sort of, he's another one whose professionalism is is absolutely right up there. So he would demand that from his players, most definitely. I always think that Gumps, in terms of, if you've got a manager who who needs to tell people how it is at times, Gumps would be a great person in between where he could be friendly with the players and the manager, but also get the best out of them. Dave, we have a question from a, a listener who's got in touch with the podcast. And if anyone's listening and wants to get in touch with us with a question for a guest or story, then please email twssportspodcast at hotmail.com. Hi, Dave. My name is Belle and I'm a big Shrewsbury fan. But I want to know, would you ever have got to the Premier League for a season with Shrewsbury won the Euros in 2016 with Wales? What a question. You'd be absolute legends if you did any of them. Yeah, seeing with what status the... Uh... The, the Welsh lads have got from that 2016 from going to the semi-finals. Oh, it's a tough one. I think because we were so close to Wales, it almost feels like I've done a lot of that, but I've never been close to anywhere near that with Shrewsbury. So, yeah, I think... Oh, it's a hard question. It's an impossible <laughs> question, that. <laughs> I think I'll have to choose... Oh, I'd have to choose Wales, I think. Yeah, as much as I love Shrewsbury, to win a major tournament would go far and beyond that. I think maybe Shrewsbury win the Champions League <laughs> or the Premier League might be up there on part of it. But I think, yeah, if I think winning a, a major tournament, winning the Euros or a World Cup with, with your country would be the absolute pinnacle of, of sport. So I'd have to choose that, I think. We, we move into the late part of your uh, career now, Dave, uh, and you rejoined your hometown club, Shrewsbury Town. What would you like to rejoin them? Was it a real homecoming? It, it was. It was amazing. And um, it's something I'd always wanted to do because of the way I left, I felt like I really had some, not unfinished business, but I, I felt I, I owed the football club some, some time when I was still um, in a position where I think physically I could, I could do the demands of what League One gives. And yeah, I, obviously, I had options to go to, to other teams and a couple of championship teams and things like that, but it just felt like the timing was right to go back to Shrewsbury. And yeah, the, the fans have always been amazing. I in the situation that I left the first time round, you could have seen fans easily go the other way of me, sort of saying I didn't want to sign for the club and and obviously not have that good a relationship with me. But I never, ever had that issue. Fans. They were so respectful of when I did leave. And I think they almost watched my career and me going up and being able to play at a high level and playing internationals and in the Euros and things like that. And I always felt like they were proud of me, sort of being someone who, who watched town from the age of seven or eight and watching them all the way through till I was 16. I think they, they felt like I was one of one of them and my messages of support from Shrewsbury fans have always been the same. I've never really had anyone who has um, said anything derogatory to me or about which you do get in football, but never from a Shrewsbury fan. So I always want to come back and repay that and my relationship with the football club is as strong as it's ever been and I'm so grateful I got the opportunity to, to play for them again. 
In your book, you mentioned you got injured playing for Wolves against QPR and broke a broke a bone in your foot. This was only a few months before the Euros 2016, which was Wales' first major tournament for nearly 60 years. What were those few months like leading up to the tournament for you? Uh, well, initially it was scary when I did it because I knew I'd, I'd heard the heard the break and felt it, so I knew what I'd done, and I'd done it in the other foot before, so I knew exactly what sort of injury it was. So I remember just quickly getting, I was literally on the treatment table at Loftus Road with a pack of ice on my foot and I had my phone out looking at the calendar and I kind of knew that it was a 12 to 15 week injury from my other one and I was qu- quickly trying to count how far that was off the Euros and it, it kind of, it fell in that I would be fit sort of two or three weeks before the end of the season so it allowed me to have a chance to play some games and then obviously hopefully be selected for the Euros. So once I knew that, it was just, right, I am going to do everything in my power more than I've ever done before professionalism to make sure I give myself the best possible chance. And, and I did that. My nutrition was just absolutely 100%. My sleep, my rehab, everything I did for that, well, it ended up being 10 weeks. Everything I did for that 10 weeks was all revolved around my foot healing. And there was nothing else, even though I had two kids at home and a wife, that just came first at that point. Um, and everyone understood. And hence, when I did it on my other foot, it took me 15 weeks to get back fit and playing whereas I played 90 minutes 10 weeks after I did it for, on, uh, for the Euro so it just shows what a little bit of um, determination can do for helping you with an injury and so I did everything properly and I was back in time then it was just a nervous wait then to see if I was going to be in the the 23-man squad. Last week on the podcast Dave we were joined by Johnny Owen who's who's an actor and a big Wales Wales fan and um, he's got a question for you. Hiya, Dave. It's Johnny Owen here. Uh, big fan. I know you had a ter- terrific career with Wolves and Shrewsbury, but obviously it was at Wales that I seen you play uh, that summer in France, 2016. It just seemed so magical for us uh, as fans. What was it like? Was it the same for you as players? Did you get this sort of feeling that something special was happening? You, you definitely did, but because you're in a, so much of a bubble, you don't kind of see what's going on as much back at home. So back in Cardiff, back in Wrexham. You don't kind of get that sense. It was more from, I remember my wife and kids went to Aberystwyth for the day and they sent me some videos and they said it was just Welsh flags everywhere, Welsh shirts everywhere. And you really see how much of an impact it was having. We would see the videos of the fan parks after games and it'd be like, oh, it's almost one of prefers to be in a fan park than on the pitch. They look that fun. Um, you see the goals go in, the beers go flying everywhere. So we saw what was happening to a degree but we were in such a a closed bubble in a hotel getting our job done we were enjoying it as well we were all really good friends i think it really hit home when we we got back to cardiff after the tournament and like chris coleman said to us after we'd been knocked out after the portugal game he said as down as what we were he said you should be so proud because this isn't isn't just about tonight and and what you guys have done getting to the semi-finals he says you you will have inspired the next generation of footballers in wales and i genuinely think Euro 2016 did that. I think the amount of people playing football off the back of that in Wales would be huge and seeing how much it meant to Wales and now hopefully being a fan, getting to watch this Euros, um, I'll get to experience that side of it as well. But with the greatest respect to the team, Wales probably shouldn't have got to the semi-finals in terms of ability. We look at like Spain, Italy, Belgium, England. How did Wales, what made it special? How did Wales manage to get so far into the tournament with the greatest respect, not yeah. calibre of players that other teams had? I've, I've always said there was, there was three aspects to it. The first one was the coaching. So Chris Coleman, 
Ossie and Roberts and the coaching staff, their tactical superiority on other coaches, I think, was was incredible. The, the game plans we had in place, the system we developed before anyone else started playing it, before the 3-4-3 seems to be everywhere now, the way we played it, but it wasn't when, when we started playing it. And we were doing that in the group stage against teams that people were saying, why are they playing? It looked like five at the back. Why are they playing five at the back? Um, but it was also we could get in a position that we could get our best players in the best positions on the pitch to, to win us the game. I think the, the second part was the team spirit. I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier that the the way the group was, there was never any people thinking they were superior to other players, even though there was we had a Champions League winner in Gareth Bale playing for the biggest club in the world in Real Madrid. And then you had lads who were playing Championship in League One. There was never that gap at all in Gareth thinking he was better than everyone else. We were all on a level playing field and, and we knew that we would work so hard and stay together and we would do everything we could. So I think the tactical side plus the work rate and then obviously the most important thing is that we had match winners in our team. We had world superstars. We had Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey in our team who were going to win us a game of football. So we knew that we could stay in games with what Chris Coleman and, and Oshian had given us in terms of the way we set up. We knew that we could be defensively solid. We know we'd work our socks off so hard for the football team and we could keep clean sheets. But then we had a Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey who would go and get that goal and go and win us the game on their own. Did you ever consider dancing on the tables with Joe Ledley? <laughs> no, no. No one could compete with Joe. I think he, um, for someone who had notoriously stiff hips on the football pitch, you could definitely get a move when he was dancing. No, he was, he's, he's one of the funniest people you'd ever meet in football, um, Joe Ledley, and he is the heart and soul of it. So we sort of really enjoy watching him after games, sort of getting up on any sort of table or chair and giving us some dance moves. But no one would ever compete with Joe. Have you got any funny stories from Euro 2016? I think the funniest was that Joe Ledley had to ring up the liaison officer with the FAW on loudspeaker in front of the whole group and he had to ring her up and say that there's going to be a story about him in the sun on Monday morning can he somehow try and get the story squashed that he was in a a full-on relationship with a cow (laughs) (laughs) and the way he told it the girl's like Joe you're joking and he was like, no, I'm being serious. And he had everyone, believe everyone is trying not to laugh. They're cracking up. And he had to try and go on with this story that he was having a full-on relationship with an animal. And it was going to be in the sun on the Monday morning. And we had our, it was um, not the liaison, it was um, Ian Gwyn Hughes, who's like the, uh, say the communications sort of head of media sort of thing. And the panic going through his, his voice. I always remember saying, oh, bloody hell, Joe, what have you done? You also like watching American football. Who do you support and why? So, yeah, I love American football. Um, me and my little lad watch it. He's a Kansas City Chiefs fan, um, who are obviously the, on the better, well, they're one of the better teams at the moment. Um, and I follow the LA Rams. And it's more because I got, into, um, I got into NFL by watching a documentary called All or Nothing. I've done a few football ones as well, but I was watching the NFL ones. And the first one I watched was by LA Rams. So I kind of just stuck with them since then. And they've been a bit indifferent over the last couple of years. But yeah, we love our NFL and it's good that it's back in London again this year. So we're going to get to go and watch it. Fingers crossed we can get tickets. And then when I'm fully retired from football, I'm definitely going to make a trip over to America and, and try and watch some games over there. 
You are a keen golfer, Dave. Do you play much and how good are you? Not as much as Adam. I don't get to play <laughs> as much as Adam. But, <laughs> um, no, it's, I, I love golf. I really have. I've always really liked it. But early on in my football career, I kind of made a decision to not play as much. I felt it was taken away from my football a little bit. Um, especially when I'm a back injury and things like that, I need to give up golf. I started playing it more in recent years um, and it's something I want to play as much as I can as I sort of get into retirement. Well, I want to, want to know, David, how good is Gareth Bale at golf? Yeah, he, he's, it's bizarre because he, I played golf since I was sort of 10, 11 probably. Um, I was probably just, I was probably better at the age of 14 than probably what I am now because I used to play so much when I was younger. But Gareth didn't pick it up until probably well into his 20s anyway so he was late picking up and usually people who haven't played it as a kid they find it a lot harder because you haven't kind of developed that coordination but he has obviously played a lot and he's gone from never playing to now being practically a scratch golfer Dave a lot of people know you as Dave Edwards the footballer people may not know you quite so much for Dave Edwards the charity person and you created the Little Rascals Foundation in Shrewsbury can you tell us a little bit about that please yeah it's um so me and my, my best friend from, from school, Ben Wooten, uh, we started a, a business in Shrewsbury called Little Rascals, which is an indoor soft play centre. And then quite quickly after, we, we wanted to sort of start giving back to the community. So we started up the Little Rascals Foundation. And Ben, had a, um, his work history was working with, with children with disabilities, um, mainly with um, children with autism and things like that. And he kind of felt that there probably wasn't enough going on in the local area to, to help children and their families. So we decided to um, try and run sessions from the play centre. When we realised how popular it was and how much we were helping, we actually changed the business completely from a, from a normal trading profit business to a complete non-profit. And now everything runs through the foundation. So any money we earn in the centre goes straight into, into the charities bank account and helps us fund some of the services we offer so we we do after school clubs we have I think it's probably half of the week now is solely for children with special educational needs so we have sessions where children come in with their families and their siblings and they're in an environment where it isn't as unpredictable as what it would be if the general public were in there as well so we find that really helps um, we do after school clubs holiday clubs one-to-one mentoring we have older older children sort of early adults doing work experience as well um then we also have sort of networking groups for parents to help us a variety of things we do but it's so rewarding especially when you see how much it helps um, not only the children but the, the parents as well i just wanted to share with you boys some of the emails and messages that we've received from people who have listened to our podcast um, we've been grateful for your messages and they mean a lot to us, so thank you. Uh, please keep sending any messages you have to our email address, which is twssportspodcast.hotmail.com. Um, we've been lucky enough to receive emails from, from all around the world, really. So our first message comes from uh, Dwayne in South Carolina, and he says, I love your podcast. What an incredible opportunity you are giving the children. Tom and Thomas, you're both legends. and Keep up the good work. We also have a message from Craig, who's from Melbourne in Australia. And he says, great work on the podcast, everyone. It's so inspiring to hear you all talk so passionately. I will continue to listen each week and pass on the podcast to my friends and family. So it's competition time now, and we have a great prize for our listeners. As David previously mentioned, Little Rascals is a fantastic play centre in Shrewsbury with fantastic opportunities for a range of children. And Dave has provided a free family pass for Little Rascals. 
where you and your family can enjoy all the play equipment, sensory room and much more. In with the chance to win, you need to answer this question. Dave Edwards has played for four football clubs in his career. Shrewsbury Town, Wolves, Luton and which other club? Please email your answer to twssportspodcast at hotmail.com or message us on Instagram at twssportspodcast. Thank you so much, Dave, for taking the time to chat with us today. It means so much to us as a school to be able to have the opportunity to speak with you. We want to wish you all the best in the future and thanks for joining us today, Dave. Thanks for having me, guys. I really enjoyed it and, and keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. So then, boys, our next podcast, any ideas who's coming up? Yeah, Nigel, we have another great guest coming up. So next week on the podcast, we have a three-time Speedway World Champion. He's the greatest British Speedway rider of all time. We'll be joined by Ty Wufferden. Another brilliant guest. I hear he has a real need for speed. Thanks, boys. I have really enjoyed this podcast. So see you next week. Our TWS Sports podcast will be released every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. The TWS Sports podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and many other podcast streaming apps. Please, could you leave us a review as well as it really helps with the feedback. And do not forget to tell all your friends and family about the podcast. Thank you, everyone, and see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.